Welcome to episode 8 of the Real Heal Holy Feel podcast. This is a continuation of last week's episode where we were discussing how our inner child builds on to the adult that we become in in the future. We do still have the amazing Coco the Seer on the podcast this week, and you're going to hear how intense our conversation got in the direction of generational curses and gifts. And before we listen to the portion with Coco and I, I want to just talk a little bit about what a generational curse and a generational gift is. So a generational curse has different meanings to it. I'm going to break those down for you guys today. So a generational curse is also known as a ancestral sin or a generational sin or an ancestral fault. And it's in, it's basically the idea that individuals inherit the judgment for the sins of their ancestors. And it, it, exists primarily as a concept in Mediterranean religions. Now, um, according to a lot of historical doctrine, a generational curse describes the cumulative effect on a person of things that their ancestors did, believed, or practiced in the past. Um, Some examples of generational curses are addictions, mental illnesses, physical illnesses, and even poverty. So when we're talking about generational curses, we do have to understand that these are things that are continuously happening throughout the bloodline on different levels of generations that are not being stopped or interceded on. So um, last week, me and Coco, we did discuss generational curses that, um, you know, that plague the Black community. And you're going to hear where we discuss our own personal generational curses um, that plague our specific families in this particular episode. But just to pre-share one that I didn't really hit on, um, mental illness, specifically anxiety and depression, are definite generational curses in my family, Um, whether we discuss it or not, which we mainly don't. Most of the women in my family are plagued by some sort of anxiety or depressive disorder. And although most of us don't get it, we haven't gotten that, you know, put on paper by a psychiatrist. It's it's fairly obvious based on growing up with, you know, with my cousins, my aunties, that most of the women in my family have anxiety issues. And I feel like the men do as well. But connecting on the feminine level, I realized that the women in my family distinctly feel like they're disposable. And I'll talk about that more when I'm <laughs> talking with Coco. But just just to get an understanding of what a generational curse is in the context of healing our, our inner child wounds, a generational curse is something that we don't understand and something that plagues our whole family. And I feel like in healing inner child wounds, healing that generational curse is also something that breaks the generational curse and can transmute it into a generational blessing, which is something most people um, don't talk about or generational gifts or blessings. And um I'm going to just give you guys the brief definition of what 
a um, generational gift is. So just like generational curses, it is passed through from generation to generation, but it's more on the positive polarity of things. So a generational gift is something that you may have inherited from an ancestor that helps you break a generational curse. It's the polarity of the negative of what a curse is. So my intu my intuitiveness and in being able to talk to my ancestors, I do feel like is a generational gift that I received from my mother. And also I do believe I received it from my aunt on my father's side of the family. So generational curses and generational gifts work hand in hand to not only strengthen your bloodline, but also strengthen you to become your higher self. So you'll hear in this particular episode where we discuss generational curses and generational gifts intently as we discuss um, inner child feelings and behaviors. I also want to address that we that we did record this after the Oscars 2022. So we do discuss protection um, in depth in this particular episode, but we do not discuss the actions that took place at the Oscars 2022. So this is a good episode to listen to in due time. It'll it'll probably age well also, but we do discuss protection in the sense of inherent protection and understanding protection through what our bloodline taught us. And a lot of us will realize that there are thorns in the places that we thought we were getting knowledge, but sometimes thorns can be transmuted into something for your own protection and your own good. So I'm super excited to share this episode with you guys. Please leave some feedback on the Instagram page, Real Hill Holyfield. Check out any updates on my website, essencentriel.com. I will be putting more vlog type um, content on my website just because I'm moving more into YouTube and TikTok. And I just want to make sure that you guys are getting the full picture when you decide to keep up with me. Also, make sure you follow um, Coco the Seer on Instagram as well. I'll put her information in the details box. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Okay, Courtney, Coco, I don't even know what to call you because what I have to ask you is going to be really, I'm waiting on this response from you. So as a child growing up, you know, you told me the dynamics of your family. Do you feel like you were taught what being protected was when you were growing up? Ooh. Just right out of the gate with that one. Um, yeah. Do you protection was taught to you? Um, I feel like protection was not taught, but like it was an assumption. Like, like I should just feel protected based off. Um, the dynamics of my family was like my grandfather being retired military and him being like the head of the household and like living in a in a an environment with three other adults. I felt like I kind of just was like I guess they felt like they were I was under the assumption that I should feel protected or know about protection. 
but I don't know that protection was really taught to me. Like there was a, was there a conversation about it? Nah. So, okay. I understand that. Cause I feel like I kind of grew up the same way. Like just under the assumption that if something bad were to happen, the men around me would protect me or the people around me would protect me. But you know, like growing up, we quickly learn that that's not quite the case. And I feel like, um, especially as black women, we have a skewed perception of protection because we talk about it on so many levels. Like some, a lot of times we are talking about physical protection, but in other times we're, we're talking about just protection of our morality, protection of our fragility, protection of our femininity, because a lot of people across a lot of platforms don't treat black women as they treat other women who are not black, if that makes sense. Like they extend a certain, a certain energy of care and concern to other women that black women don't inherently get, which is, which is on some levels, like, wow, like we're unprotected in that sense. And I feel like people, when, when they, when we talk about black women wanting to be protected, there are so many things that come to mind, but I don't feel like any of those things were things that we were taught growing up. I agree. I agree with that. I feel like, um, that people just assume that as black women, I'm going to say this, I feel like those who are of are not of black descent, don't have anything to do with the African-American community, the black community. I feel like they look and assume that we are protected by black men. They're under that assumption. But I think from our standpoint- well, Where like, does that assumption come from? Because at right. every standpoint, black men treacherously discuss black women with, with other women that are not black in the right. sense of, oh, I don't date black women because of this, or, oh, black women don't really like me because of this. Like, it's like they and want- And you know to what it is? Just what you other. say, just like what you say, they want to, they talk about us with other women and saying black women don't want them, but that's their insecurity shining bright, like a diamond. Like they, they're coming, they're speaking from non-healed like places. They hate their mother and they're deflecting their hate for their mother onto all black women like, oh, black women always talked to me and told me I was this. But no, it was really your mama who did that, though. Listen, you know, it's there, but it's kind of like inherently because of these ideals within the black community, it's like we protect black men at every chance we can. But do we necessarily get those same protections in return? That's why I, I honestly, was like, growing up, yeah. did we ever learn protection? Did we ever learn that? That's crazy. We don't. We don't. I don't think we were given the opportunity to fully understand even what protection is. Like, when people talk about protection, they talk about condoms and safe sex or they talk about having a gun and defending your property but nobody talks about protection of your emotions by creating boundaries or 
protection yes. of your heart yes. so that you don't continuously face heartbreak and are under the assumption that you don't know why you don't you're facing the heartbreak because once and if you if you within your spiritual beliefs you could be facing heartbreak because that's just what you're meant to go through on your journey or or you could be experiencing heartbreak because you just lack damn boundaries like you lack the ability to tell someone no or to tell I feel like that's a lot feel. of where most of our generational curses begin and end is the lack of boundaries I feel like if a lot of our ancestors had understood what boundaries were and implemented them in, in an intentional way then a lot of the generational curses that we have wouldn't be necessarily generational curses we would transmute them into something more I agree. but we can't do that because we're still amongst our community not teaching children boundaries this piggybacks off the idea that beating your children is more detrimental because if 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 you are solving issues by whooping and showing violence to your children violence is not a boundary a boundary setting activity violence is the breaking of all boundaries essentially so you're showing you can't teach boundaries if you're still like whooping your kids and just not adhering to the things that are making them uncomfortable and making them apprehensive to do certain things and have hold certain behaviors so here we are back to talking about whooping kids oh my gosh <laughs> No, I didn't want to I, go I back here because I feel like it's just like people are going to think, oh, she just wants us to stop whipping our kids, which I do because psychologically it's proven that it's not helpful. And I mean, honestly, like, the, I know, like, the conversation has to be had. Like, yeah, if you're not going to have the conversation have amongst people, yeah, you have to find people who are like you and that want to change. And have those hard discussions. The problem is in our in our community, our black community, we don't like conversations that make us uncomfortable. Nope. We get defensive. We we start thinking you're attacking our our character, and whole time you're not. You're trying to push us to grow and see past the trauma and the learned behavior. And I think yeah. a lot of times black people can't do that. They feel they we for sure take everything super sort of personal. Obligation. Yeah, yeah. trauma. Like, why are we obligated to hold on to this trauma? Why is letting it go such a taboo thing in the black community? Like, let's just let this shit go. Like, let's why stop. is it our why was it our purpose to make it our identity? Like why every time we lead a conversation or we introduce ourselves, or we, you know, are getting to know someone, we build trauma bonds. Man, we connect on what went wrong instead of what went right. Mm -hmm. Man, that's deep. (laughs) And I feel like that's, that's it. Like transmuting generational curses into generational, like, gifts and blessings are is something that we need to start doing like okay we discovered Mm -hmm. that enableism enableism is part of a bad culture within our family so we need to stop being enablists we need to start holding people accountable that is amazing that you realize that oh my gosh 
But if you don't actually take action on what has been realized, it, it's going to continue to be a generational curse. Just because mm-hmm. you know what the generational curse is doesn't mean that it automatically gets banished. Like you have to do the work. And my question is, is the black community, do you think that we're emotionally ready to do the work? Um, percentage wise, I'll probably say we have like 40%. I don't think we're completely ready, but I think we're getting there. We're waking up. We're we're in a space where we're like, hmm, okay, well, what if I change my mind and I don't want to connect with somebody from my past and always talking about the things that have hurt me? What if I want to change? And I think a lot of us are just saying like, you know what? Let me start thinking about and connecting with people who are on my same frequency, who are, you know, trying to progress as well. I think there's nothing wrong with talking about what you've been through, but like, are you pushing past that? You know what I mean? Because we all have times and moments where we want to connect and just get it off our chest. And I think because we haven't had that, that opportunity to just get things off our chest, we do spend a lot of time talking about trauma. We do. I mean, because we haven't had the opportunity not to. You know what I mean? So I feel like we're going to move past that. We haven't had the opportunity to talk. So when we finally do, it's like, mm-hmm. damn, we need to talk about this. <laughs> we got Seriously. some shit we got to discuss immediately. And it's heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah. And I think we do. I think we're getting there. We're progressing. It's a slow progression. But we're getting there. And I think especially we as women, I think women, black women are definitely like pushing, pushing the collective. I'm not saying black we men are. are not, but black women are really trying because we we know that we're the portal. Portal in this journey. So we don't want to push, we don't want to continuously birth and bring humans into this world spirits into this world and they're still being traumatized so we're trying our best to make sure that we don't we break the cycle at some point the cycle has to and and i feel like right now there's so many cycle breakers and line steppers in in these generations like we're millennial but you know even in the generation z and the generations after us like there's so many line steppers. There's so many people willing to take it to where it needs to be taken to make revolution happen. And I think it's beautiful. And Black, like you said, I, I'm not trying to toot our own horns, but Black women, have we have really been leading the charge of trying to heal the collective consciousness and trying to uplift the, connect, the collective consciousness. And the Black men who are also following in that path even though there's less of them, their impact is just so monumental, especially when they're waiting against the crowd of their own peers who don't necessarily agree with how they're going about helping the movement. Does that make sense? Yes, that absolutely makes sense. I agree. I really do. It's just like, it's amazing how much of a shift the Black consciousness is having. Like, it's like a it's it's like everybody took a mushroom and we're just waking up. It's like, okay, crack this consciousness wide open. 
Let's get them on the same page. Let's get them united. It's just going to be interesting to see how new bloodlines are going to be created and stronger bloodlines are going to be continued and how we're going to keep this all together because a few months ago we were just in the middle of black men and black women just going at it on TikTok. I don't know if you noticed it, but they were going at it on TikTok and Courtney like I was just appalled because I was like, dang, I get it because black men really are annoying sometimes, you know, like but I'm sure they feel the same way about us. Hello? Sure they do. And I did not see that. But I think that Black men, I don't know. I First and foremost, I love a Black man. But I feel like they they are somewhat scared still to be vulnerable. Like, I think a lot of them are not feeling like they can be truthful with us as black women and even are uncomfortable with the fact that they have to be true to themselves. I think that scares them to have to face the truth that they are somewhat letting us down. They, we do not feel protected. I had a conversation with my cousin earlier where I was like, you know, I'm tired of being in my masculine energy. I truly just want to be within the balance of masculine and feminine, but I'm feeling like I always have to be with my guard up and protecting myself because I don't feel protected by Black men. I I have come to feel the same, unfortunately. It's such a hard pill to swallow because you, it's like, damn, I'm cheering for you. Why are you doing this? I am really cheering for you. I want you to show up to to the game and knock it out the park. You know what I'm saying? But to realize that you're not and to realize even in your presence, I don't feel safe. It's a scary thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like generational because like with my, my father and my grandparents and like the older men within my family, I feel wholeheartedly protected. I don't have to be hard, but when I go out into the world and I'm looking for that same energy that I get in my home front and I can't find it, it's it's really discouraging and it's really hurtful because we really do go so hard for black men. Like when when the rioting was happening and when all the oh things gosh, were happening, we're I was like, <clears throat> I'm gonna tell you a short story. One day I was driving down the street and I saw a black man got pulled over by the cops and they were mad aggressive with him. I can't tell you how many times I circled the block just to make sure that that black man, I don't know him, never seen him again. We couldn't even pick him out of a lineup or nothing, out of a crowd or nothing. But it scared me so badly because all I could think about was that somebody's son, somebody's father. And we had literally just went through the George Floyd thing. So it was, it's, it's really sad that like we can't find commonality and common ground because together we are so much more powerful than we realize. I agree. 
But I also feel like the stage was set for us to feel separated on in, on certain levels. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when we we can even simply just discuss like slavery and chattel slavery and how that affected us. Like oh, wow. you were yeah. literally your family was being ripped apart at the whim of what your white master wants for his for himself and his property. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if your wife loved you and was devoted to you, she was still at the mercy of this man who most times took advantage of the mercies that he had. So you know this about, you know, you know that your wife's being raped, you know, all these things are happening. Like your mentality is shattered. It's broken. Your idea of togetherness is, is essentially not what it's supposed to be. And we haven't healed from that. I'm telling you, it's generational. Mm-hmm. Those curses. It is just passed down it's just the fear just continues and someone has to stop and say hey we deserve to transcend fear exactly and I agree (laughs) I think I think now the more like we spoke about how collectively is like black women black men because I'm this is honestly to the listeners we're not bashing black men but because honestly I've witnessed a lot of even in the last like year or two, a lot of black men waking up, a lot of black men are seeing their power and the God in themselves. And I think it's yes. so beautiful. I love it. It's such a beautiful thing. Um, but I just wish, I think we we see our potential and we want so bad for that potential to be like thrown full force. We want everybody to collectively wake up at the same time whole time <clears throat> everybody is not on I think what we lack is like I spoke before we lack the grace for each other um and we we got to remember that everybody's not on the same journey so some people it's going to take them longer to wake up but I think we also we give do. up on each other we give up on each other we do we do we really do when people aren't doing especially our people when they're not they're not doing it in a time that we feel like they should be like, ah, they'll never get it. You can't give up. That's the thing. You have to keep pushing. You have to keep feeding that knowledge to the people because without it, it's not going to awaken them. They're going to give up on themselves. If we, if you give up on somebody you love right now, nine times out of 10, they're going to give up on themselves because they're like, well, she don't even believe in me anymore. It just, we're in such a juncture of like yeah. how people are waking up. You know what I mean? Like it's just so yeah. much. It's like so much of like black women coming to the realization of what they deserve and it being above the bare minimum while still caring that, okay, our men are not rising to the occasion because of these things and we want to support them through it. But we also want a little accountability to be shown. We yeah. want we want some proof in the pudding type shit. We really want to see that you understand where we're coming from, not just taking advantage of the fact that we wholeheartedly want to see you be the best. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I do. And it's such a hard like pill to swallow, especially as a black woman who sincerely, sincerely wants to see black men wake up and heal and find that balance because once they find that balance as a whole, we can transcend, we can transcend as a community because we'll all be on the same page of 
okay, we just need to do this. We need to do this. We need to move in a better direction instead of where our parents just thought the same thing was going to fix the problems that kept coming up. I'm sorry to bring up whooping kids again, but I'm just saying <laughs> like that is something that's passed down generationally amongst the black community that is not addressed as something that needs to stop. And people believe like, oh, that's why kids are getting soft now because they're not getting their ass whooped. No, people are soft because they're starting to realize that being soft is the human condition. That is what you're supposed to be. These hardened traits that you that you pick up and you're proud of are trauma responses. Exactly. Things that have happened to you. And so and who really wants to be hard all the time? Like it takes so much energy to be Listen. this person of anger and like always on go like bro I used to listen I used to be so defensive all the time so angry so ready to if you said the slightest thing to me I was on go but now I do not want that I, that that's how draining too much that energy though? like so yeah, draining that was hella draining so draining and to constantly have to do that day in day out because I feared that somebody was going to cross a boundary that I was trying to set but I was going about it the wrong way you can have boundaries and not have to be so deep you don't have to always be within your masculine energy to create a boundary I I heard this saying through I remember I was working one time and this older black woman she told me she said baby you get more with sugar than you do shit for real you you get more when you're coming from a place of love than you do when you coming from a place of anger okay yeah so I used to work um at this like lumber place and I was talking to this older black woman and she mentioned to me that she was like baby you get more with sugar than you do shit and in my mind that translated as you get you get more with love than you do being angry and spitting fire all the time agreed do you remember that song by um Solange Mad Mm-hmm. <laughs> why yeah. you gotta always be so mad and like hearing her say it in a song I was like damn she right why why do I always have to come off so angry, so angry. and fiery mm-hmm. if I try coming off the other way how will the response be and I feel like if we were having these conversations as children with our parents that that wouldn't be something we would be so hard up against as being adults because we haven't been practicing these things we're like oh my gosh this is difficult but that's the way it's supposed to be we're supposed to interact with softness before we interact with fire but we've been so conditioned and I feel like also as a protection response as well to come off fiery first and then soften up later oh yeah because it's that initial like I don't know what you gonna do so let me come off like you can't get past you know the wall that I build up then by the time you let the wall down this person in your mind has already found a way to manipulate you and get you to let your wall down 
versus if you show love to somebody, whether they're a manipulator or not, you're always going to be shown who they truly are, whether you have a wall up or not. So it's like, lead with love because that's who you are and that's who you're meant to do and be. Because having a wall up only causes you hurt in the end, to be honest. That's how I feel. I agree. I feel like the the wall is the thing that's keeping you between. People may not look at it like this because they're like, well, they did this and this and this to me. But that mm-hmm. wall is what's keeping you from being what you're used to in your higher self. Because Exactly. Listen. Listen. <laughs> I've been trying to practice like letting shit go. And I just remember in my childhood, like being reminded of every little fault that I did on a constant basis. Like, you know, when your mom fuss at you and then Mm -hmm. for the rest of the week, you got to hear her fuss about that same shit. So I've grown up to be more of a person who is very hard on myself and it's very hard for me to recover from that. And I realized that comes from my childhood and like 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 I continue to say me trying to transmute that energy I'm just like okay you deserve some grace it's okay if you didn't get it right the first time just breathe every opportunity every breath is a new opportunity you know what I'm saying and it's funny you bring that up because not only do we in the black community need to stop the physical abuse we really need to stop verbally abusing our children like yes. you need to pour yes. love into your children. You need to give them daily affirmations. Like honestly, always talking about what they're not doing right is not helping them develop mental confidence for when they become working and ambitious adults. Like I can't tell you how many times I second guess myself because of the lack of confidence I had as a child. Because I was always, like you said, getting pointed out about the things I was doing wrong or just there was always a negative conversation. Mm -hmm. I feel like the more positivity and the more positive things you speak about around your children, that's you're you're the voice in their head. (laughs) You're literally going to be what they think about when they're growing up and becoming exactly so if you want them to become beautiful spirits which they already are but until they come into this world then the world taints them so why not try to be their safe haven at home so that when when they know they can leave the world and come home and feel and be whoever they choose to be with no judgment Mm -hmm. why do they have to be at home be judged and then go outside the house and be judged. Where is their safe haven? Agreed. I agree. Girl, yeah. <laughs> Look at you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know we was going to be on that, uh, that same page so quickly. But, you know, I'm just trying to go into just the understanding of how this all is a big cycle. And how, you know in order for generational development and to break these curses and transmute them into gifts, like we have to be, we just have to be really accountable. And I feel like that's something the black community would rather just sweep it under the rug and just like get over it Mm -hmm. than actually get down to the nitty gritty of why. I agree. Because the why is harder to dig into than just saying, okay, well this happened and we're just going to forget it. (laughs) 
it's like what the hell like that we need to cure this we need to get rid of this this is harming us and you may not realize it initially but later on down the line as you get older and you go through different things you're going to realize how much time you wasted going through certain things instead of like using the generational gifts that you have to get through those things at a faster rate exactly and i just think that if people spent more time being present and at least mm. having conversations i can't tell you how many things i learned about my six-year-old just by asking him questions literally just asking him questions and getting his thought process so like the other day i'm like he's been telling me <laughs> I need a husband. And I'm like, mm-hmm. he keeps saying this to me, but why? So I asked him, like, Julian, why? He was like, well, because, you know, I want a sibling. What six-year-old knows to say that, knows to correlate marriage with children or to even have that assumption if they've never had that conversation with their parent? It's the things that children see they observe children observe everything they They watch everything so if you do a good job of setting the example and having those conversations your child won't be in a space where they have to go searching for answers that they could just get from you exactly because sometimes those searching for those answers puts them in other situations that they're not necessarily ready for that turns into lessons exactly and we're not saying like let children are supposed to learn to fall and pick themselves up and go through life and learn different things but I think we as a black community we also fear that like we can't let them do this because we've already been there done that our kid can't children are supposed to learn how if they don't ever learn to pick themselves up then they'll forever be codependent on you. And we're not saying like force, force independence. Cause I think that's another thing. That's another right. trauma response, like forcing independence too fast or so heavy. Yeah. Allow and I feel like ch- a lot of people don't realize how dangerous that can be. It really is. Cause I, I had to check myself as a mother because I was like, I want my son to be independent. I want him to do things and have his own mind. But I also had to, I have to remind myself he is a child and he needs to be able to live his childhood experience as a child, not this forced independence that just has to come and it's so urgent. Like literally allow your kids, kids ain't kids no more. Kids are not kids kids no more. Grown. Grown. For no reason. If we're creating a space where we want our children to just be free to be children, why are we forcing them to grow up so fast? I agree. I completely agree with this. Girl, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really something I don't understand. And I, like you said, it all really just goes back to accountability. I've had to take so much accountability since this pandemic started and I had to really sit back and look at myself because it forced me to sit down and look at myself and look at the things that I wasn't that proud of as a parent and I had to realize like there's no rule book 
I don't know everything. And the things I do know, are they really effective? Are they going to get me? Or did you learn them from you just being a child at one point? Exactly. How effective are the things that were taught to me? And it's really like, it's like you have to like almost cipher through your feelings and emotions and the things that you want to instill in your child because you're like, okay, I want my child to know this, but how effective is this and how important is this for him to know? Right, right. Kids don't have to go through everything we went through. This is we not hazing our kid. Why? Why are we hazing our kids? Man, I always ask that. Like, if I've been through it and I can save my child a trip through that through memory lane, I then I do need that. to do it. Okay, I I am not trying to be bonding with my child because we got the same feelings about a certain aspect of our childhood. No, I want my son to be like, dang, my I didn't know you went through that. But I'm glad right. I didn't go through that. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like people don't realize how if generational curses don't get resolved and addressed, they'll be spread to each child that's born to the family, yours included. You're not, you know, people be thinking they immune to stuff. Yeah, and you're not. Like it literally, yeah. and it can skip generations. It don't have to just be oh, well, it didn't happen to me and it ain't happened to my kid, but it could happen to your kid's kid. Then what? Each generation born after you is still your child. Mm -hmm. A child is still a child is still a child. Exactly. Whether it has grand or great grand in front of it, that's still your child. What is a generational curse that you feel like has been passed down from either side of your family? Um, wow. <laughs> That's a good question. I feel like hmm, the I feel like the space of not not wanting to hmm, how am I worried this you caught me off guard with this one um <laughs> I feel like My bad. I just no 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 I that's, this is a great question this is a great question I feel like probably the energy of people pleasing I think that that's something that I've witnessed like myself do, my mother, you know, other people in my family, especially women, like we feel the need to please everybody. And I think a lot, oftentimes we forget about ourselves in my family. I think we put everybody before us and- I wasn't even gonna jump into yours, but I just have to say that I feel like the generational curse for the women on both sides of my family is burning themselves alive to keep everybody warm. 
Yes. And it speaks to the the ideals that are taught to us as little girls. Like they teach us how to cook because ain't no man gonna want you if you can't cook. You know what I'm saying? Right. And they who- don't teach us how to cook to take care of ourselves. They teach us how to cook to take care of a man. And that ideology, I feel like it causes internal patriarchy to happen. So it's like women in our family, we do it to ourselves every time. We literally every time all the stupidity like the stupid ideals into our own mind and limit ourselves on the type of men and the type of energy that we allow to touch our sacred energy and that is a I feel like that's a curse on both sides of my family unfortunately like women always ready to sacrifice themselves for the men in our family without holding them accountable I agree and I feel that way I also feel like accountability lack of accountability like just kind of going with the flow and like because it was learned from previous generations and it's just something that cycles through the family like no one's ever really stopped this week's book of the week is aristotle and dante discover the secrets of the universe by benjamin alire sains It is a beautiful coming-of-age novel, and I feel like it's something that speaks to how how generations in your bloodline and how you grow up does shape you into someone who sees more or sees less. So I hope you guys enjoyed this book. Don't forget to follow the podcast page on Instagram at Real Heal Holyfield. Also, if you want to follow me, your amazing and illustrious host, my Instagram is at the.essencesantriel. If you also want to set up any type of spiritual therapy sessions or if you'd like to connect with me on any other platform, make sure to check out my website, EssenceSantriel.com.